0: Kids, you better come running. It's Old Smiley and Ed brown gang. We left the prodigal and, and play. This it is your old buddy Spider and all these big bust the Brown Gang. Squeaky the Mouse, Midnight the Cat, Grandy the Talking Piano, and Froggy the Grimman out here in Hollywood, all ready for another good old Saturday morning hoop to do. And now, to start with, here's a grandpa song we haven't sung for a long time. Here we go. <laughs> My grandpa is the smartest man I've there ever was. He knows about most everything there is everywhere to see what he could see. And when I ask him questions, you can bet he answers me. Now if you'd like to know what makes a plane fly through the air, all you gotta do is ask my grandpa. He knows it. It's got a little thing in it goes it this way up there. All you gotta do is ask my grandpa. I asked him what would happen if the plane was flying round. And all at once the motor stopped. How would the plane get down? He said they'd have to get a rope and pull it to the ground. All you gotta do is ask my grandpa. Now, if you'd like to know why doggies wag their tails around, all you gotta do is ask my grandpa. He knows it. My grandpa said it's just because the tail can't wag the hound. All you gotta do is ask my grandpa. I asked him why the elephant has such a big, long nose. And Grandpa says, now, sonny boy, just why do you suppose? In case he has to sneeze, he doesn't want to be too close. All you gotta do is ask my Grandpa. (laughs) Grandpa is a honey, isn't he? Well, kids, I want to tell you something now. Listen. When you get hungry, all you have to do is say, Mom, I'm hungry. And you get something good to eat. But you know, buddies, those kids in Europe and India and China and lots of places in the world are hungry. And they're going to stay hungry unless all of us folks over here do a lot to help them. Now, one thing you can do is join the Clean Plate Club. That means we don't leave food on our plate because that's wasting food. We eat what Mother gives us. And we don't ask for more food and then go away from the table and leave it half-eaten. Now, that's not hard to do, is it, kids? So let's all join the Clean Plate Club. We'll really be helping all those other boys and girls who are in danger of starving in other lands. Well, you know, after our story today, kids, we're, we're going to visit some big caves over in the mountains near the ocean. Something terrible will happen, to, I hope, I hope. Now, Froggy, you know we wouldn't go any place where something bad might happen.
1: Oh, it is all around.
0: Yes, midnight. It is very dark in caves, but we, we'll have our flashlights, and besides, you're a cat. You can see all right in the dark. Oh, dear. Now, who can that be? Hello.
2: I'm calling Smiling Ed McConnell. This
0: is Smiling Ed. Uh,
2: this is Archibald, Algernon, Percival Shortfellow, the poet. I heard you say you were going to visit the cave.
0: That's right. I'm taking the Buster Brown gang there today.
2: Good, splendid, excellent. Yes,
0: yes, Mr. Shortfellow. I think we'll all have a fine time. And so shall I. I shall join you there, and I trust I might receive inspiration for a new poem. Don't be late. Goodbye. Oh, my stars It's that crazy poet again. He not only invites himself along, but he tells us not to be late. I'll fix him. I will, I will. Well, I can hardly blame you, Froggy, but... Land sakes, we got to get our story started, or we'll never get to the caves at all. So, here's our good old story for today. Well, today we're going back to the days of chivalry. You all remember good King Arthur and his famous Knights of the Round Table? Well, many of them met adventures, and many of them met... Lady Eleanor, one day, was forced to tell her young son, Tristan, of the death of his brave father.
2: And it was then your father fell before the swords of the infidels. But he died bravely, Mother? As the bravest, my son. Sir Tristan was ever brave, chivalrous and gentle. Then in his death there is good, Mother. Perhaps, Tristan. To my mind, it is never good for a man to die in battle. To my mind, no good ever comes of the unsheathed sword. And yet, no man must be cowardly. It behooves you, my son, to to conquer with a soft word when you may. Yet remember that the bare sword is a mighty persuasion. I will remember, Mother. And never will the name Tristan suffer while I bear it. Then I give you now the shining blade your father wore so proudly. Go you into the courtyard where old Fergus will teach you to wield it.
0: Enough!
2: Oh, oh. The pupil becomes the teacher. These old legs and arms cannot match your youth and strength. Then, then I may yet become a swordsman, Fergus? Then I say to you, there is not a blade in all England but what would find it hard to match yours. Oh, Fergus. I think I shall never master the lance or horse. You have also the impatience of you, Tristan. Come now, watch closely. But I have tried hard, Fergus. And that tiny ring hanging down there, why, it's hardly bigger around than my lance. Yet you expect me to catch it on my lance point at full gallop. You will learn, lad. Then I'll show you a trick or two. Raise a lance point from shield to helmet at the last second. And I assure you that if your eye is keen your hands steady, you will unhorse your knight. Now, at the ring, lad, and mind you, pierce it this time. Go! Guide your horse, lad, a strong hand on the rein. I have it, Fergus. Clear of me. Mind me not, boy. On the ring, on the ring. a pierce. A pierce. Oh, well done!
0: the busy days passed with Tristan learning the arts of knighthood. His sword hand became sure and strong. His lance went true, and his horsemanship became perfect. But one day he laid down his sword, for suddenly he made an important decision. Accordingly, he went in to his mother, Lady Eleanor. My mother,
2: may I speak with you? Of course, Tristan. Come in. Thank you. Mother, I've come to a decision. A decision? What do you mean, my son? It is nearly 12 months since my father died. Yes, Tristan. I've devoted myself to the sword, the lance, and the saddle. And now? And now my studies are finished. I know. My boy has become a young man. You would go into the world to win your spurs, to wear your armor to knighthood. Is that it, my son? That is it, Mother. Fergus has told me that, and I have been expecting it. Then you do not mind if I go away? Mind? I mind greatly losing my little son. Yet I know that you must go. A fortnight ago, I went to the armorers. Your chain mail is already forged. Your helmet is shaped and fitted. My my armor, mother? It is ready. I am only sorry that your armor must go and be decked. There will be no silver and gold to ornament it. Our fortunes have fallen low since your father's death. Then I will rebuild them, Mother. Never fear. <laughs>
0: a boy, but a sturdy one, well-trained in the arts of that ancient day's warfare. Young Tristan went from the castle, which was his home, to search for high adventure and to win the fame that would bring him knighthood. But as Tristan rode bravely away from his home, another young man knelt beside a bed in a tiny cottage two days ride away. In the bed was an old woman, feeble and sick. Can I not get something for you, grandmother? No,
1: John. I have called her to my bedside because I... feel I have not much longer
2: to death. Oh, no, Grandmother. Tomorrow you will be well again. Tomorrow,
1: John, I will be dead. Now you must listen to me. You have thought me your true grandmother, have you not? Oh, but of course, Grandmother. Who else could you be? But I am not your grandmother. John, listen closely. You are John, Duke of Asbury. Duke of... Oh, Grandmother, surely you make sport of me. No, John. Let me finish, for my my strength is nearly gone. I was your nurse when you were a baby. When your mother died, your father went to the walls and never returned. Then your uncle, the man known today as Duke Gregory of Asbury, planned to kill you so that he would inherit the dukedom. But this is like a fairy story, Grandmother. Hush, John. But the man you call Grandfather, my husband Garth, was a gatekeeper at Asbury Castle. He heard your uncle planned to kill you. That night we wrapped you in your bedclothes and stole quietly away. You came here? To our cottage then? Aye. And for 17 years we have lived this lie. To save your life. Now, John, I... I am dying. When I am gone, go to Elbury Castle. You are nearly a man grown and claim your inheritance. Old Garth, call him grandfather if you will. We'll go with you. He has no other life than with you.
0: And so another young man, somewhat older than Tristan, started out on his journey. But unlike Tristan, John knew nothing of the arts of war and fighting. Well, Tristan rode his charger mile after mile, and I must admit, grumbled about it.
2: Aye, Valiant, good horse that you are. You've not carried me to an adventure in two days' riding. One think you will find a mark for our sword or a target for our lance, eh? Well, you give voice, eh, Valiant? To answer me? Oh, no. <laughs> of course not. I see now to whom you spoke. Two horsemen coming toward us far down the road. Well, then, we'll speak civilly to them in it. Hold, Valiant. Oh, Valiant, see? The two are attacked. And by four horsemen. Ah, one of the two is already unhorsed. Oh there. And the other fight's on. Four against one. Here now is our first adventure. We take the side of the single fighter. Be his cause right or wrong. Go, Valiant. Valiant, the big knight on the black horse. He'll be our first. Ah, he sees us. Now he charges with lance presented. On, Valiant. We meet our first lance. Good Valiant. Good horse. We are victors. Now, for the others. Look, you valiant. The other three are riding away at top speed. Well, then, let's see whom we've saved.
0: And so Tristan dismounted and listened to John tell the story of the old woman he thought was his grandmother and Gregory the false Duke of Asbury. But he had one more to tell also.
2: And so you see, I am the Duke of Asbury. My uncle, who calls himself Asbury, has taken over my estate to add to his own. It would be very embarrassing if the real Asbury suddenly appeared. And the crest on the shield of your attacker was the crest of Asbury Castle. John, your uncle Gregory is already after your life. But what can I do against armed knights? Fight them, of course. They're only men. They die as easily as another. I, who have never held sword in hand before yesterday, Tristan, I know nothing of fighting. Then mount your horse. We go back to my home. And while you learn to fight as I did, we'll see what can be done.
0: And so, followed by old Garth, they rode as rapidly as possible back to the castle, which Tristan called home. Quickly, Tristan told Lady Eleanor and old Fergus of his adventures and of the case of John of Asbury. And
2: so you see, my mother, there is a knightly deed to be done in helping John to regain his title and lands. His title, perhaps, Tristan. His lands will be gone tomorrow a week. My lands gone? I do not understand, Lady Eleanor. Why should his lands be gone, Mother? The courier came yesterday to announce the great tournament which the Duke of Asbury gives. Gregory wishes to draw a powerful knights to his banner. And so for the prize in the just, he offers Asbury Castle and the surrounding lands. Then there is nothing for it but the young Duke of Asbury enter the list to just in the tournament and win back his castle and lands. I enter the list against the best knights in Britain? Tristan, again I say, I have never wielded a sword Who or... Who knows what armor conceals? The crest of Asbury will be on the shield of this knight. But under the mail will be Tristan. You? But It is necessary, John. For in no other way can your lands be returned. Come. We'll see old Fergus having have him placed the crest of Asbury on my shield Here here By the goodness and grace of his Excellency Gregory of Asbury the tourney is now declared to be open Here ye knights the courtesies of the just! On one side, Gregory stands with his chosen men. On the other stands Carell of Whitside with his knights. When the curtain falls, come ye together and fight bravely. And that man who is on horse will be declared conquered and must leave the list. At the end of the contest of armies, then ye who have a yearning to try the lance of a single knight may challenge him fairly. Fight well, brave knights, for the prize... He's a worthy
0: one. And with a tremendous rush, the two groups of knights came together. Tristan's sword flashed here and there, cutting down this knight and that champion. Old Fergus had taught him well. And when the contest ended, the audience buzzed with excitement at this great new champion. Later, in his tent, Tristan rested while Old Fergus and John of Osbury tended his needs. There.
2: The shoulder wound is bandaged. Does it pain, Tristan? Very little. It is a slight wound. Uh, It's not so bad for so stout a fellow. A lance point uh, pierced the mail, did it not? Yes. The lance point of Gregory of Asbury. I splintered my lance on his shield. You fought Gregory and stayed a horse? (laughs) Why, lad, he's one of the greatest knights living. No, I did not fight him. He singled me out in the charge and I tried for him. But once we broke our lances, other horses came between us. And never again could we get close enough to fight. Yet you crossed lances with Gregory and stayed to become a champion. Ah, lad, you will be a great knight. Only because of you, Fergus. You taught me well. Tristan, do you know the stands are buzzing with talk? The crest of Asbury on your shield, as well as on Gregory's, is what they speak of. Aye, and Gregory is disturbed. He knows full well that you are back, And, of course, he thinks it is you under the armor Tristan wears. And soon he will do something. What was that? Your challenge, Tristan. Some knight has ridden up to touch your shield with his lance point. It hangs before your tent, you know. Quickly, Fergus, what shall I do? Step out of the tent and accept the challenge. Uh, or refuse it. I will accept, of course. Tristan, the knight who challenges you is my uncle, Gregory of Asbury. Ah, as I thought. <laughs> he means to rid the world of you quickly. Then I will quickly accept the challenge. Wait, my helmet. Ah, there. He'll not recognize me. I'll keep the visor closed. I go to speak with Gregory. Greetings, brave knight. What were you? To cross a lance with you, of course. So that I may peer under that helmet to see who dares wear the crest of Asbury. Who dares wear the crest, but he who is the Duke of Asbury. Silence, knave. I, Gregory, am the Duke of Asbury. Not so, knight. Already you know that John, true Duke of Asbury, is back. And his crest fights in the tourney. His crest will lie in the bloody mud. I have challenged you, sir knight. Then go into the lists. I will mount and meet you gladly. (laughs) And you are prepared to die, huh? For by my honor... You will be dead right soon. Gramacy for thy courtesy. But I advise thee to take a strong lance and a fresh horse,
0: for you will need both. As Gregory rode away to enter the lists and wait at his end of the field of battle, Tristan jumped upon Valiant's back and hurried to his own position. Not a sound was heard from the crowd, and John and Fergus stood quietly watching, and both were worried for Tristan was after all, he was only a boy, and Gregory was a champion of great courage and skill. Ah, I like
2: it not, young John. Tristan, though a fine knight already, I fear he's no match for Gregory. I know, Fergus. I've heard of his prowess. But if good wishes can help all of mine go with Tristan, if he... You, John. They just Gregory is freshly mounted. He did take another horse. Aye, I see. And though value is splendid, he's tired. I dread to watch. And I. Oh, no, no, Tristan. No, his shield. Aim for his shield. Your speed is too great for the visor. <laughs> he did it! He did it! Gregory is on horse! Tristan is victor. Uh, something is amiss. Gregory does not rise. You hey, wait. The heralds ride in. There. One dismounts. He is loosening the fastenings of Gregory's helmet. Aye. It is badly dented. Tristan's lance struck it fair in the visor. See? The herald stands erect. And Gregory still does not move. See? The herald speaks. Good people. The tourney is dismissed. I have startling news. His neck broken by the lance thrust. Gregory of Asbury lies dead upon this field. Dead? Gregory of Asbury is dead. Why then... Ay, John, you may claim your lands and your titles, but nothing now stands between you and them. Tristan has restored your (laughs) dukedom.
0: i will go out and climb in our big butt just outside the studio. But first, I got you, you've got you, everybody's got you. But it's only one time shoes for me. Good old, Brown. Good, old Brown shoes. Good old Buster Brown shoes, you betcha. We love them because Buster Brown shoes are at the head of the parade in smart grown up style. Buster Brown shoes are up and coming, nifty, stylish shoes, any way you look at them. Always be sure you get Buster Brown shoes. Look for the picture of the boy and his dog right inside the shoe before you buy. Because I got shoes, you, you got shoes, everybody's got But it's only one kind of shoes for me. Old Buster Brown shoes. You betcha. Now, come on, gang. Now, listen, don't forget your coats because it might be chilly in that cave over the mountains. And let's not forget our walkie-talkie either. Come on, everybody. Come on, let's go out and get our Be careful now. There's water dripping down from the ceiling of this cave. We'll probably find lots of places like this. Stay real close to me, everyone. I bet there's lots of robbers in here, I hope, I hope. Robbers? Froggy, you're thinking of pirates who used to hide in caves hundreds of years ago. Or maybe you heard me reading in this morning's paper about that big bank robbery where the bandits ran off with a sack full of money. That's probably what you heard. What's that squeaky? You're afraid? Oh, don't let Froggy's foolish talk frighten you. That gremlin's always trying to worry somebody. We have our flashlights and... If there are any pitfalls or stepping off places, we'll see them in time to walk around them.
2: There is an remarkable
0: echo to be heard in caves. That's right, Mr. Shortfellow. All you have to do is call loudly and your voice comes right back. Oh, how exciting. I think I should try the echo myself. Quiet, everybody. (laughs) Hello. Hello.
2: Hello. 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 Hello.
0: Ah, boy. Uh, My goodness. My goodness, did I say that? That was just Froggy throwing his voice. Come on now, let's explore a little bit here. Oh, this must be the bottomless lake. A bottomless lake? Goodness, what keeps the water in it? Be very careful along here, everyone. We don't want to fall into that lake. Uh, Stay close to me now. My uh, flashlight will show us the way. What's that squeaky? Oh, my goodness, that's right. There is a small boat anchored here. Now we can paddle around the lake and look things over. Let's get in, but be careful now. Uh, Mr. Shortfellow. you get up front and guide us with your flashlight. I'll paddle, and probably you and Midnight squeak and Squeaky sit here in front of me where I can watch you. Uh, okay. I can barely see thing. Smiling is. Well, for heaven's sake, don't anyone fall out of this boat. Oh, oh, oh what was that? A tiny fish just dumped in the boat, fellas. Well, look at that, a little fish. And it hasn't any eyes at all. Well, of course, fish in underground lakes don't need eyes because it's too dark to see anything. It is awful, cold, and wiggly here. Yes, yes.
2: Oh, aren't there snakes in here, smiling? Ed, I'm deathly
0: afraid of snakes. Snakes? No, I don't think there are any snakes, Mr. Shortfellow. Damn millions of snakes, I that bet I better. Oh, no, there aren't, Froggy. Now throw that little fish back into the water, will you? The poet's shirt sure. collar is open. Froggy, you're not going to put that fish on the porch neck. A little bit, maybe, my baby, maybe. My baby. You do nothing of the storm. Why you jump out of the boat if you did?
2: Be quiet, please. I have a new verse for you. <clears throat> in darkness we must stay, and that's because you got a snake in your shirt.
0: Snake! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> froggy, froggy, froggy! You dropped that fish inside the poor shirt, and he jumped in the lake. Hurry up, hurry up! We gotta get him out. <laughs> here, 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 Mr. Here, now, Foggy, help me lift him in the boat. Take it easy, Mr. Ford. There now. There, there. There you're in. Uh, I'm soaked to the skin. I'm cold and (laughs) wet. Well, we'll get you right to shore and get you home. Uh, Say, while we're heading for shore, I'll just call the studio on our walkie talkie and ask the announcer man to tell us all where to get Buster Brown shoes. I'll do that right now. Come on in, Mr. Announcer.
2: Yes, Juan and Ed, I'll tell your buddies how to find the store that sells Buster Brown shoes. Now it's easy, kids. Here's all you have to do. Just pick up your telephone book, then turn to the yellow pages till you come to the heading of shoes. There, under the heading of shoes, you'll find the name Buster Brown. And right below that, the name and address of the store nearest you that sells these swell Buster Brown shoes. And kids, when Mother takes you in for fine new Buster Brown shoes, she can be sure that they'll be fitted scientifically in just the right size, width, and last you need to let your feet grow right. And believe me, that's something Mother will want to know. And remember, two kids, that all the Buster Brown dealers are Smiling Ed's buddies. Now, when you find the name of the store nearest you, write it down and be all set to buy Smiling Ed's Buster Brown Juice.
0: Okay, we can't forget about Buster Brown's shoes. Well, here we are at the shore now. Let's get out of the boat. Everybody out now. What's that midnight? Say, there is something shining over there in the dark, just like a great big eye. It's a thousand lion's eyes, I hope
2: I thought to be the goad. I got a cold. I'm shivering and shaking. Oh,
0: we'll be on our way in a minute, Mr. Poet. Say... Somebody's had a fire here, and what we saw were smoldering embers. There's somebody else in this cave. Oh, my goodness, they're shooting at us. Down, everybody, down. Stand back. Don't come no closer. My mama wants me to come home. She does, she does. Hush, Bobby, hush, hush. I'm here, I'm here. You can see him midnight? Of course you can see in the dark. I don't see anything. Don't come no closer. Camp. No, Midnight. Midnight, you stay right here. No, I think I'm going to sneeze again. No no, 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 don't sneeze, Mr. Poit. Don't sneeze, don't sneeze. That fellow's no right where
2: it's shoot. <laughs> Bill, black oh, cat. A oh, black cat. Bill, that's fast. Come on, let's get out of here, fast.
0: Well, what do you know about that? What do you know about that? They're running. Midnight, scared them away. Oh, gee, come on. Let's go over and see how she's getting on. Let's see her. Hey, Midnight. You found something, Midnight? Say, look at this. It's a money bag from the National Bank, full of money, too. Those men were the bank robbers. And this is the money they stole. Say, midnight, you're rich. There's a big reward for c- recovering this money. Oh, my uh. Well, I'll tell you, we'll take this money right to the police. Well, what do you think about all this, Mr. Shortella?
2: I, 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 think.
0: <laughs> He's already Well, we'll, we'll get him right home and into some dry clothes. Well, did everybody have like of fun around here today, huh? <laughs> Fine, that's fine, that's Now, don't forget Sunday school at church tomorrow, and be sure to listen next Saturday. Don't forget, and when you hear this little tune from Hollywood, come a-running! The happy gang of Buster Brown, now we hear. The happy gang of Buster Brown, now we hear. The white man, Buster Brown, now we hear. Buster <coughs> Brown, now we hear. I'm Ed McFarlane and his Buster Brown gang is
2: produced in Hollywood by Frank Ferris. Stories and Direction by Hobart Donovan. Ed McConnell's material is written by himself. Included in the cast are June Parade, Joe Field, Vic Rossum, Bill Roy, and Paul Theodore. This is Arch Presby speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.